The following program is furnished by Startup Nation Media Group. All right, welcome to this special edition of Startup Nation Radio. We're really excited to announce a really powerful partnership between Startup Nation and SCORE, in particular the Southeast Michigan office of SCORE. Now, SCORE does a variety of things that are extremely helpful to the community. The thing that we're particularly excited about is that SCORE offers direct one-to-one mentorship for entrepreneurs to help them get their businesses started and going in the right direction. There's nothing more valuable than that kind of guidance. And so the idea behind today's show is that SCORE is going to bring on an expert that is available to our Startup Nation community. And we're going to open up the phone lines and bring in questions, live questions from the community. If you've got a question, you can call 800-859-0957 and ask your question. If you don't get through on this show, the producer engineer will take down your information and we will bring you on to a future show and we'll make sure you get your questions answered. Obviously, in the short time we have, we can't get to everybody, but we certainly want to. And we want to provide really good, high-quality responses to the questions that you ask. So with no further ado, let's get started with this special edition of Startup Nation. And to do that, we've got Armando Ojedo. He's the director of Southeast Michigan SCORE. Armando, pretty exciting. Welcome to Startup Nation Radio. Well, thank you, Jeff. We're very, very pleased to be here. And we're very excited about the SCORE and Startup Nation partnership because we know that we've got all of these wonderful resources on both sides of the two organizations to be able to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners, you know, to really succeed. We give them the tools and the information and all of the resources that they need to have in order to mitigate against failure and become successful. So we're really excited about this, and we're even more excited about the fact that all of these really well-qualified people that SCORE has recruited actively as mentors and volunteers, you know, people who are retired business owners, who are retired corporate executives, who are actually existing business owners in their own right, and they can come and they can give of their expertise, you know, at no cost. And entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs can ask questions of our experts. And this is a a really wonderful idea and really great execution on the part of Startup Nation. Thank you. Yes, well said, Armando. Listen, you know, as an entrepreneur, I mean, I've been a lifelong entrepreneur, and I know, I know firsthand how difficult it is to not only know the right answers on the, you know, things to do that in order to get my business off the ground, but frankly, even what questions to ask, uh, let alone the answers, because it is such a mystery when you're first getting into entrepreneurship, when you're first starting a business so complex and so challenging and to have access to experts like the kind of experts that SCORE brings to our community and brings at a no cost basis to our community is just an amazing thing. So Startup Nation and SCORE, very exciting partnership. We want to help you get your business off the ground. We want you to be successful. So let's start this show by bringing on today's expert, Angela Mitchell. Angela is the CEO and senior financial coach and wealth strategist of DNA Financial Services right here in Southeast Michigan. Angela, welcome to Startup Nation. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have you on. Now, your expertise and kind of the theme of today's show, and it's not to say that we can't go outside of these boundaries a little bit here and there, but your particular expertise is really centered on finding the right funding and how to get that funding, where it is, how to source it, what fits your particular needs the right way. Angela, did I kind of capture the high level of your expertise? Yes, absolutely. I've been with SCORE for a couple of years, and 
I help individuals or small businesses apply for funding. I also help them manage their revenue and navigate through their taxes. And before I started my own business, I was a risk management manager with Flagstar Bank. And that's where I got a bulk of my experience where I learned about financial analysis and the ins and outs and financial hoops necessary to jump through for small businesses to qualify for funding. So I'm happy to be here and to answer any questions that our local small businesses have. Okay, wonderful. Angela, as we know, the funding is the lifeblood that makes that train go down the track for these entrepreneurs. So finding the right funding, and it's got to be, you know, and that's another point, finding the right kind of funding is critical. It's not just funding. So we have, you know, you can go out for a a loan from a bank, say, for example. You can source angel financing from the angel community. Those are wealthy individuals who invest directly into your company. You can find venture capital funding. That's uh, much like angel, but it's institutionalized. There's a fund manager that raises the money from individuals and then invests that capital into startup companies. And a variety of other, you know, certainly grants and other types of funding too. But I think those are the big three. And so if you're a startup company, you want to know first which best suits your needs, and secondly, where to get it. And then thirdly, to your point, Angela, you better track it and manage it effectively once you get the funding. Well, Angela, as you know, you get a lot of questions, and we at SCORE get lots of questions. And, and one of the first questions that people always ask is, you know, is there a grant for me to start my business? And so the general answer is yes, but. And so maybe you can talk about the grant funding part, because that's where people want to start. And they really don't have any real credible idea about from the lender side or from the venture capital side, what they, what they look at from a business standpoint so that they can make a credible and informed decision and help make the entrepreneur successful in his pursuit, his or her pursuit of initial startup funding. Okay, we're going to get to the answer to that in just a moment. We're going to run to a quick break. When we come back, Armando asked the question to Angela about grants. We'll start the next segment talking about that. Then we'll go to callers. We've already got some callers lined up. We'll take our first caller. We'll hear from Angela Mitchell. She's the expert that's going to help get us pointed in the right direction to find the right funding and make sure we get it for our businesses. Stick with us on Startup Nation Radio. All right, welcome back to Startup Nation Radio on this special edition of Startup Nation. This is the Ask the Expert show, and we've got Angela Mitchell on with us today. She's an expert in helping us find the right funding and make sure we manage those funds properly. Armando Ojedo's on with us as well, the director of Southeast Michigan SCORE. And Armando, at the tail end of our first segment, our opening segment, you asked Angela to speak about grants. That's really important. Grant money is money that you don't have to repay. It's a true grant, and it really can be great capital to source early on to get a company off the ground. Angela, please tell us, what are grants and where do we find that kind of capital? Absolutely. As you mentioned, grant is a wonderful way to ramp up some funding for your business. There are a lot of different types of grants that are out there. Some of them are specific to a geographical area. Uh, there's a lot of uh, initiative out there for businesses that are in the city of Detroit. So some of the grants are specific to if your business is in the city of Detroit or specific to your industry. But one caveat that I'd like to say about grants, if you're going to use that as a source of 
funding, what you'll find is oftentimes you'll have to piece the grants together. Because unless you're a nonprofit, a lot of the grants that are for for-profit business are on the smaller side. You can get some for a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand. I've seen some as high as twenty-five thousand and fifty thousand. But depending on your business, that may or may not be enough. So you may have to apply for several grants in order to organize the level of funding that you need. Some grants, they will require you to do some type of pitch competition where you talk about your business concept and it's a more of a contest type of thing. And if you win the contest, then you get the funding. Others are an application process where they do want you to provide some financial statements, some projections. They want to see your business plan. And so depending on the type of grant that you're going after, usually the size of the grant, the amount of the grant will dictate the type of documentation that you'll have to provide. The larger grants usually require a little bit more financial documentation, a definite development of your business plan for the larger type of grant. But it's an excellent source of funding especially for small businesses that are just starting out. Just starting out or about, even even haven't yet launched, maybe just about to start out. And this is the initial capital to really get them from the idea stage into actually becoming a, a business with a little bit of capital just to get you started. Angela, I like to think, you know, grants are great capital to use right in the beginning, as you said. Then maybe you move to maybe angel financing. If you can ultimately get in position where you've got the qualifications to get a loan from a traditional bank, maybe that comes down the road a little bit when you've got a couple of years of track record, revenues, management team, a lot of the other things that banks typically want to see. Uh, and then you can think about venture capital for growth kind of funding. That's the way I like to look at the continuum. These are not absolutes, obviously, but they tend to fall that way. Do you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh you have to be creative when you're just starting off, and there are a lot of sources out there, I should say resources, that you can put together that, to help you get the funding that you need. And the angel investors out there, there are people that are actually looking like, what business can I invest in? And so if you've got a good idea, you can sell it. The chances of you being able to get some private investors is very great. Well, I want to talk about private investors for a minute because. Typically, people don't really look at angel investors as kind of a first thing, especially if you haven't been in business very long and don't know much about business. So some of your, quote, angel investors could be your friends, your family, your credit cards, you know, or, you know, a, a, a loan that you get for something else and that you use it for your business. So I'd like Angela to speak a little bit about what that means in terms of true angel investors and how small businesses and her experience have been funded. Yep. I think that's great. Angela, before we do that, let me go to a caller. We've got our phone lines burning up right now. We've got Donna from Mount Clemens. Quick question, Donna, you've got for us. Go ahead, please. Hi, Angela. Thank you so much for, for, for giving your time to help us small business people. Um, I'm just getting started. I have a fitness center and I really qualify. I don't think I fit for a grant. But I want, um, and I don't want angel investors because I don't want other people in my business. But I do need a loan for some equipment and supplies. How do I, where would I start? Thank you, Donna. I was just going to say that's an absolutely great question and a common question that most uh, business owners that are just starting out have. 
You may be surprised. You may find that you will qualify for some grant funding. Uh, usually the grant funding is, is relatively easy to get depending on how much you're going after. But I'll have to be extremely honest with you, Donna, when it comes to traditional financing and going to a traditional lender to get funding for a new business, that's kind of tough because they do like to see a track record of your profitability. At minimum, they're going to be asking for two to three years of your financial statements, which would include your income statement, balance sheet, and cash flow, and your tax returns. And so as a new business, that would be hard for you to produce. However, there are definitely other sources out there where you can get funding. And so you have to make a decision early on in your business in terms of where you want to look at for that funding. And depending on the type of business that you have, that determines what type of capital you're going to need. Like, for instance, my business, when I was starting out, financial services, very low to start. The main thing that I needed to be concerned about is being able to pay my household bills while my business ramped up. So really, that was the funding that I needed. So that, that was low. However, businesses that have more of a capital requirement, it's going to be extremely important, Donna, that you have a good, solid business plan in place so that when you go out and you ask your relatives or you ask even strangers who may be willing to invest in your company, they can see your plan. They can see where the profits are going to come from. It's going to be important that you know your numbers so that you're able to answer any questions that they may have in terms of how you're going to see your way to profitability, what your projections are for the next, the, the going forward years. And what's also going to be important, Don, is your ability to sell yourself and your ability to sell your product or service to that potential investor. But what you're going to have to decide when you're going after others as a source of funding is how do you want to put that together? Do you want to do it in the form of a loan that you're going to have to pay back? Or do you want to do it in the form of giving up equity in your company? A lot of angel investors or capital venturers, they want equity. But you have to come in and knowing what your bottom line is going to be and where you stand as it relates to that. If you don't want to give up equity, then you have to think about, okay, how can I make it interesting to them in terms of I want to borrow this money? So I would advise you to propose what the terms are. You want to be the one proposing the terms. And then let the negotiation start from there. Now, oftentimes with your angel investors or your joint venture capitalists, they will charge a higher interest rate than you may be charged with a traditional lender. So be, you know, anticipate that, but go into the conversation knowing what your bottom line is, what you're willing to give up and what you're not willing to Okay, we've got to run to a quick break. We've got Angela Mitchell on and Armando Hato, both from SCORE. We uh, are answering questions from the audience. You can call us at 800-859-0957. This is the Ask the Experts show on Startup Nation. We'll be back in a moment. All right, welcome back to the special edition of Startup Nation Radio. This is Ask the Experts on Startup Nation today. Armando Hato, director of the Southeast Michigan office of SCORE. If you don't know about SCORE yet, you need to. 
You definitely need to. They provide amazing services to the venture and startup and entrepreneurial community here in Southeast Michigan and, of course, nationally throughout the national organization. But we're focused on helping our Michigan friends and our community here get their businesses, get their dreams converted to reality and get that business started. Angela Mitchell is an expert working with SCORE that provides mentorship one-on-one to the entrepreneurial community. And we've got her on the air today. We were following up to a question asked by Donna from Mount Clemens in the previous segment. Donna, you've got a follow-up question for Angela. I know that's burning on your mind. The airwaves are yours. Yeah, thank you, Angela, for your help and your insight. When it seems like a, getting a bank loan is the easiest way to go. What, what do you think? If you've been in business for a couple of years and your company has been profitable, absolutely. But starting off, it might be a little tough. Now, I will say that there are some agencies out there or some lenders that are called micro lenders, where are very open to giving new businesses money. The only caveat with a micro lender is they're limited in terms of the amount of money that they can give you. Most of them will only lend up to about $50,000. I have heard some talk out there that there are some that are going up to two fifty. So you have to look at, depending on your business, how much money are you going to need? With the micro lenders, you do still have to provide your financial information but they do know that you are just starting out. They are going to look at your credit to make sure that there's no issues there. But even if you have some challenges with your credit, the micro lenders will even make concessions as it relates to that. So there, that's another source, and that might be a source that you would want to look at. And like I said earlier, what you may have to do is piece things together. So you get some from a micro lender, you get some from a grant, you get some from an angel investor. So putting all those together and knowing how much exactly you need to accomplish what you need to, you can put a solid funding package together, customize it yourself and determine where you want to go to try and piece all of that together. You know, that's great advice. Armando, I've got a comment here, and we've, we've spent a lot of time on Donna's call because, frankly, Donna's call represents what many, many people in the startup community struggle with. This is a company that... Totally agree. Yes, Armando, this is a company that is not far enough along to really, really be in the sweet spot to get a loan from a bank of any significance, other than perhaps, as Angela advised very astutely, maybe going to one of the online lenders, maybe like a cabbage, for example. So she's doesn't have enough experience and not enough time in business to maybe qualify for the loan. It's certainly not a venture capital type business at this point. And so this is really a tough spot. How do you get funding for that? Now, I want to make a couple of comments specifically that I find very interesting. Donna, you made the comment that isn't a bank loan the easiest thing to get. Now, easy versus hard or challenging really depends on the stage of business you're in and the qualifications you bring to the table relative to that type of funding. So for a business that's been in business for a couple of years, has proven track record, got financials to deliver to the bank and all the other things the bank would want, yes, getting a loan can be quote unquote easy, but it can be very hard for a startup company. So again, that gets back to that. You have to match the right type of funding with the stage that you're actually in and the need that you have. So that's one point I wanted to throw in. The other was, Donna, I have a follow-up question for you. You mentioned that you don't want investors involved in your company. Now, let's break that down for a minute. Involved is kind of a, a nebulous term, amorphous term in the sense that 
you know, yes, whether it's a bank, frankly, they're going to be involved in your business or whether it's an angel investor, they're going to be involved in your business. But what that means can be very different. It could relate to ownership. It could relate to governance, for example, or it could relate to both. And I totally agree. I'd like to hear Donna's definition as well. But, you know, do you want someone who is a strategic investor who not only brings capital, but also expertise in that particular industry or business? And do you want them involved in the management and the daily operation of the business or not? You know, and, and so what are the expectations, you know, from the investor in that regard? And, you know, if you don't want someone in your business, how are you as the entrepreneur going to feel about that? So I, I would be interested in Donna's uh, response to your question. So Donna, when you said you don't want an investor involved in your business, what did you mean by that? I don't want them babysitting everything that I do and making decisions involved, you know, that kind of involvement. I want to run my own business the way I want to run it because I think I know best. Okay, let me point out to you that when Angela recommended you might want to consider, or was it Armando, one or the other, that you might want to consider angel investment, let me advise you, and we can't get into all of the nitty-gritty in detail, but I want to make it clear, you can have angel investors invest in your business with no right to be involved in the day-to-day operations of your business. It's all in the matter, it's all relative to how you structure the investment. And so that for you would be critical, but it still opens the door if done properly for you to maybe look at angel financing as a way to get some capital into your business, knowing that it's going to be tough to get a loan. Um, you might need to go there, uh, you know, so be open to that and know that you can put them in their in a place where they do not have day-to-day involvement in your company. All right, Donna, thank you very much for Mount Clevens. How do, I, how do I find these investors that are right for me? So, Angela, how does Donna find investors that are, quote-unquote, right for her? Well, Donna, that's going to require you to do some networking and getting into circles um, in terms of your industry. And one question that we didn't ask Donna that's extremely important is, what is your business? A fitness center. A fitness center? Yes. Oh, okay, great. So you want to network in areas where put yourself around people that specifically are wanting to find businesses to invest in. And so that'll require a lot of networking on your side. I would, I would even say talk to other fitness center owners and ask them when they first started out, where did you, how did you get your funding? Do you have any contacts in terms of people who are willing to invest in fitness center? And where you might be surprised is that people who are into fitness themselves, they may even be willing to invest in your idea. So it really comes down to your ability to be able to sell your idea, your concept to those people and your ability to develop the contacts, where to find them by talking to other small business owners that may have a fitness center. But you have to put yourself in those circles. Put yourself also in the circles as where are these private investors that specifically look to invest into business? Where do they hang out at? Where can I find them? And do some research on that. And, and then put yourself, insert yourself into those circles. I have a quick thought for you, Donna. Do you have an existing clientele right now that would follow you and be there on day one when you open your doors? Yes, I do. You know, you might, you might reach out to that community first as a source of financing. They need you most. They want you most. Maybe some of them qualify uh, to invest in, in startup businesses. Maybe they have an interest. Um, that might be one way for you to go that, you know, and then people 
you know, one investor always knows another investor. And once you get, once you get your crack in that dam and get that little dribble starting to flow through with one investor, you can then ask them for an introduction to others. But that going to your community first, those people that are most passionate about you wanting to start that business and that benefit the most from you starting that business may be a ready source of uh, potential capital for you. Donna, thanks so much. Good luck. Feel free to reach out to SCORE again directly following or Startup Nation. Either way, we want to help you. We want to make sure you get that business off the ground. Angela and Armando, we're going to take a couple more callers. I knew we wouldn't get to everybody. The call lines are lit up here. We're going to run to a quick break. We've got one 10-minute segment left. We're going to get right to it after this break on Startup Nation Radio. Okay, welcome back to this special edition of Startup Nation Radio. Time is flying. We've got questions to answer. I know before we get to other questions in the audience, Armando, uh, again, thrilled to have the partnership with you. Score does such important things for the community, as does Startup Nation. We want that community of people out there that we serve, both of us, both of our organizations, to really prosper. Yes, we do. And so, you know, to, as you mentioned to Donna, you know, uh, good luck with your business. But we also want her to know that there are resources for her to still go to after this program. And that's www.score.org and also startupnation.com. Those are the resources that people can go to to get additional information. Um, we've got callers calling in. We're going to go right to them. We want to try to get to a couple more at least during this 10-minute segment. We've got uh, Louisa from Detroit. Louisa, please, you've got a question for Angela Mitchell. Yes, I do. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, my question is, how do I navigate protecting my personal assets uh, when it comes to securing finances for my business? Excellent, excellent question, uh, especially for early stage companies. Sometimes personal guarantees and other things are required. Angela, help us help us understand. A good question, Louisa. Thank you. Great question. So a couple of things, Louisa, I want you to keep in mind. Number one, as a startup, choosing your legal structure is extremely important. So one of the first steps in an effort to try and protect your personal finances is selecting the designation of an LLC, a limited liability company. The whole spirit behind that designation is to protect your personal finances. And so when you select that designation, the next step that you need to do that's extremely important is go ahead and apply for your tax identification number. And once you register with the state, for your LLC and you get your tax identification number, then you can go to the bank and start a business account. So any activity, be it revenues coming in, expenses going out, you wanna make sure that that activity happens out of the business account. What you don't want to do is co-mingle your personal funds with the business funds because at that point you're breaking you're piercing that veil of protection that you've set up for yourself. So you want to make sure if you have personal expenses that you need to take care of, pay yourself a wage out of the business account so that you can do that. So that's number one. Now, number two, and Jeff mentioned this, when it comes to getting funding, lenders are going to require you to do a personal guarantee. So if you Default, if your company is unable to meet the requirements of the loan and you default, the company defaults, then they will want to have a personal guarantee, meaning they'll want to come after your personal assets uh, in order to secure that they get the, get the money back that they, they've uh, invested in you. 
So what I would say to that, because your question was, how do you avoid that, is make sure that you look at how much do you really need to borrow to accomplish what you're trying to borrow. And then with the profits that you're making with the company, you want to make sure that you address that debt immediately. You you don't want to keep that debt on your books for a lengthy period of time. So if the profits are there, you want to make that a priority to pay that debt down and get that paid off as quickly as possible. Now, when you're first starting off, it's given that you may need to borrow money to get you up and going. But going forward, you want to make sure that the things that you want to do, that you are the profit that you're bringing into the company are going to allow you to be able to do that. Going forward, I want you to be in the mindset that you should only be uh, borrowing money if you want to expand or to grow. And then you need to have some clear-cut goals on how you're going to meet your, your, um, your sales goals. You want to set some goals to meet those, uh, those revenue goals so that you are able to pay those monies back as quickly as possible. So I hope that helps. That's great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Angela. And thank you, Louisa, for calling. We're going to go now to Nicole and Troy. You've got a question for our expert on Startup Nation Radio today. Ask the experts. We've got her, Angela Mitchell. And Nicole, you've got a question. Go ahead. Hi. Yeah, I have a relatively new business. I run a retail clothing store. And I was wondering what metrics, what numbers I need to be hitting before I can hire another employee. Well, hi, Nicole, and thank you for your question. That is an excellent question and one that comes up quite often for small businesses. But what I'd like to challenge you with is when considering bringing on an additional staff member, you want to evaluate why is it necessary? Is it due to your current employees being busy or it has there been an increase in sales? The first thing that you need to do as part of bringing on an additional staff member is looking at your processes. How efficient are they? Being busy does not always mean you need additional help. You just may need to have better processes in place. When you bring on that additional employee, you have to make sure that the revenues you've got coming in, that they're not just a short-term trend line. You're not solving a short-term problem with an employee that you now have, you know, some responsibility to into the future, regardless of whether you're bringing revenue in or not, whether they're on your employment or maybe ultimately, if you make a change, not employed with you further, still carries various obligations. And you have to be very careful. You want to make sure that that trend of additional revenues that you think you're servicing and serving with an additional employee brought on really has legs, long-term sustainability, if not even growth opportunity as a result of bringing that employee on. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Jeff. You want, there, there always needs to be some type of planning um, involved when you're thinking of bringing on an additional employee. And you have to look at your numbers. Looking at your numbers is extremely important in determining can you afford to bring on that additional employee. And like I was saying, you want to make sure that it's absolutely necessary. Has your sales actually increased that can afford you to bring on that additional employee? What, how is that bringing on that addition? Because you want to remain profitable. So how is that additional employee going to affect your profit margin? You know, so evaluate your numbers. 
Is it the season that's causing you to be busy? Maybe you just need seasonal help. So that's an important just uh, uh, point that you bring up, Jeff, is you want to look at if there's trends or things that could cause your time and season that could cause your uh, a, a temporary increase in your sales, or is this a, a increase that would be more permanent? Exactly. And if temporary, might be better served by 1099, you know, temporary employee as opposed to a permanent employee. Armando, were you jumping in? Yes, I was. And, and to your point, Jeff, you know, um, I think that uh, entrepreneurs tend to look at just the salary of the person. But, you know, the thing that are often the hidden costs are the payroll taxes that people have to pay, both the employer tax and the employee tax. And the, the liability that you incur when you actually have someone on payroll because you have to do it correctly. So those are things to also consider as you start to think about bringing on a new employee. Absolutely. Nicole, thank you for your question. Listen, guys, we're about out of time, but I want to tell you. In today's show, we helped directly Donna hopefully get pointed in the right direction to get her fitness company off the ground. Hopefully, we gave some good guidance to Louisa with respect to protecting her personal assets when you go out to secure, in particular, in this case, in her case, it was a, a loan uh, to protect your personal assets. And then Nicole with a question about how do you strike the right balance between bringing on a new employer, holding back, and, and the, kind of the art of all that, knowing when to do that. Listen, guys, we brought value to the three of them, but most importantly, even beyond that, we brought value to the community. Many people have the questions that were asked by Donna, Luisa, and Nicole, and our job was to provide the kinds of answers that we know our audience in general has out there. It's really great. Angela, thank you for being on. Armando, thank you so much for all that you do for the community, the entrepreneurial community through SCORE, and in particular for bringing Angela on and for making this show Ask the Experts Go uh, with, with Angela today. Thank you guys very much. Well, thank you, Jeff. This is a great opportunity. And thank you very much to Startup Nation for this. And Angela, thank you for your expertise. We appreciate it. Okay, we'll be back next week with another edition of Startup Nation Radio. The preceding program was furnished by Startup Nation Media Group. 